You're listening to the Audacious Church Podcast. This message was recorded live at our Chester campus. We know this is a great investment into your life. So tune in, listen up and stay focused. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. This is a free week. Normally we preach in a series, but uh, this is a one-off message today and it's called Altitude. Everybody say Altitude. Based in this verse in the Bible in Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, Those who hope in the Lord will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow Fame. So I am speaking, prophesying, declaring for us, Audacious Church, that 2024 will be a year where we gain altitude in Jesus' name. Now, when I think about altitude, I think back to our honeymoon when we first got married. We got basically an all-expenses-paid trip by my auntie because she couldn't make our wedding. She said, hey, I can't make your wedding, but I'll fly you both out to visit me in Vancouver. That sounds like a great gig, doesn't it? And we had the time of our lives. It was incredible, beautiful place, and even more beautiful company, might I add. You know, honeymoon, we're excited, just married, absolutely buzzing. And we get on the plane, and we are thousands and thousands of feet in the air, and I've watched all the movies, I've read my books, I'm a little bit bored, so I start twiddling with my wedding ring, I'm newly married, playing with it on the plane, and I'm spinning it around just on the little fold-down desk, spinning it, spinning it, and the ring drops off the desk, and I watch it in slow-motion Baywatch style, roll down the aisle. Lysandra at this moment is sleeping. I think to myself, when she wakes up, she is going to kill me. It is our honeymoon, and I have lost my wedding ring. What am I going to do? So I do what anybody would do, and I start searching. So I look around, have a little nosy, can't see it anywhere. I think to myself, right, it must be around here somewhere. There's no way it could have rolled to the whole back of the plane. So I get down literally on my hands and knees. I lie down on the aisle of the plane. People are looking at me wondering, what is this guy doing? What a weirdo lying flat on the plane, looking around for this ring, looking around, looking around, can't see it, can't see it. But then behind me, I see the ring and it is lodged under a passenger's shoe. First thing I think is brilliant, I found the ring. Second thing I think is how am I going to acquire said ring back from the sleeping passenger whose foot is on top of my ring. He's sleeping, but his wife beside him, she's reading a book. And I think, right, well, I'm down here. They haven't clocked me just yet. So as smooth as you can at 30,000 feet, slide my hand under this guy's foot and start to try and move the ring. But as I move the ring, I jolt his foot, and the guy wakes up, his wife looks over, and they look at me and say, what are you doing to my foot? And I'm like, this is so awkward. I pull out the wedding ring and show him the ring, and he's like, what has just happened? Am I dreaming? I apologize. Lysandra wakes up, and I boast and say, nothing to worry about, dear. I had just lost my phone. I had lost my phone. The wedding ring is fine. Here it is, but I'm at 30,000 feet and I'm thinking about, we're flying, we're going to the other side of the world. It's incredible that we get to do now what 100 years ago plus was truly impossible. In fact, a guy called Simon Newcomb once said this, this quote, he said, flight by machines, this is in 1902, heavier than air is unpractical and insignificant, if not utterly impossible. 
1903, fast forward a year, the New York Times predicted that flight by aircraft by machines would take between 1 million and 10 million years. It was truly impossible, but then two brothers came along in 1903. There once was a glass ceiling in the atmosphere. The altitude to which we could ascend was only as high as the mountains on the earth. A pair of brothers by the names of Wilbur and Orville Wright came along, and after four years of research, development, hard work, they flew the first manned aircraft in 1903 at Kitty Hawk and defied the odds. They started to gain altitude. There once existed a glass ceiling in the atmosphere. And in Isaiah 40 verse 31, Isaiah is speaking to Israel who right now are under a glass ceiling. Right now the Israelites are in captivity. They are absolutely miles and miles away from the promises of God, miles away from the destiny, miles away from the promised land. But Isaiah speaks these words, those who hope in the Lord will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary, walk and not be faint. It seemed miles away from where they currently were. But he describes his freedom as soaring to a new altitude. We've all had glass ceilings in our lives, just like the Israelites. For you, it might be the glass ceiling of your education. Someone said, you cannot do that because your education is not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not intelligent enough. Maybe for you, it's your bank balance. There's no way you could start that business. Look what you have in your bank. Maybe for you, it's what teachers once spoke over your life. There's no way someone like you could achieve those things. Now I want to tell you, going into 2024 church, that we are called by God not to live under the glass ceilings of what have been spoken over us, declared over us, told to us by the popular narrative or the shifting sands of society, but each one of us are called to break through our own glass ceilings and scale to new heights in God and gain altitudes. 2024 is your year where it is time to gain altitude in Jesus' name. But there's two things, two things all of us need to do in order to gain altitude in our lives. The first one is this, it's attitude. To gain altitude, we need the right attitude. Turn to your neighbor and say attitude, attitude. On a plane, we've got the attitude meter. And what this does in technical language is that it measures the relationship of the plane to the horizon, measuring how level the plane is. Technically, it informs the pilot of the aircraft orientation relative to the Earth's horizon and gives an immediate indication of the smallest orientation change. Each one of us in our Christian walks with God, we have been given an attitude meter, which measures our heart and our character in relationship to God. What is this attitude meter? This attitude meter is the word of God. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and active, testing the thoughts and the what? And the attitudes of the heart. There is a call in each one of us today to grow in our attitude in line with the word of God. 
not in line with our feelings, not in line with culture, not in line with the status quo, not in line with what I feel like, not in line with whether I think they deserve to be forgiven or not, not in line with whether I feel justified by my offense or not, not in line with my own bias and habits, but attitude that is in line with the word of God. 2 Peter 1 says this, starting at verse 5. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness, and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. This is the point in verse 8. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproduction in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if our attitude is not increasing, becoming better, if we're not becoming better, more loving, caring followers of Jesus, our lives will become blunt, unproductive, and ineffective, and we will, instead of flying level to the horizon on track, we'll veer off course and away from what God has for us. So it's crucial that in 2024, each one of us makes a decision. Jesus says it better than anybody. He says, take the, first take the plank out of your own eye. If we're going to gain altitude, if 2024 is going to be a significant year for us and for the life of church, each one of us has to take personal responsibility and commitment to grow in our attitude, grow in our heart, grow in our soul, grow in our spirit. In terms of pilot language, there's five hazardous attitudes that all pilots should avoid. Do you want to hear them? Yeah. Front row, dude. Do you want to hear them? Yeah. You better be taking notes. These are good. 2024, avoid these five hazardous attitudes. The first one is anti-authority. Says, don't tell me. This is refusing to take instruction from flight control. Questioning is good, but anti-authority is rebellion. So it looks like in our own lives, thinking that we know best, thinking that we don't need accountability, we're fine. It says, no oversight. You're top of the tree of your life. The second is impulsivity. This is doing something quickly. It says, in our lives, reacting too quickly, which leads to irrational decisions. Some of the best advice I ever got in Bible college from my lecture was to not react, but respond. In terms of impulsivity, let's not react to what's happening around us. Let's respond. The third is invulnerability. It won't happen to me. This is failing to consider the risks when it becomes a safety concern for pilots. Murphy's Law states, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. The fourth is macho. says, I can do it. It relies on too much self-control, self-ability, self-reliance. doesn't depend on God, on God's strength. Wakes up every day and says, I can do all things through myself who give me strength. But the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The fifth is resignation. It says, what's the use? Some of you might be here right now. You might be thinking about 2024, a new year, the cliche, and think, oh, well, I've tried this before. I've tried to grow, tried to improve, tried to move on. What's the use? I want to encourage you that tomorrow is a normal day, just like yesterday was, but it's the mark of a new era and a new opportunity to go again. I want to encourage you that God's about to do a new thing in your life and in your heart, but you've got to perceive it. You've got to be aware of it. You've got to respond to it. So if we can 
respond to these five hazardous attitudes well, we can begin to gain altitude, soar, and increase. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you, audacious church, from being ineffective, unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Proverbs 17.22 says, A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. I want to ask you on that point, how is your soul? But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. How is your soul? I want to encourage you as we go into a new year to reflect on this last year. How is your soul being with God? How is your soul being with the Lord? Can you say, it is well with my soul? If you can, I want to encourage you to go into this year strong in the word of God and the things of God, spending time with God. Let the word of God enrich you, give you life, fulfill you. Jesus says, I'll give you a living water that you'll never thirst, you'll never quench for. Lean in into 2024, into the things of God. Keep working on your attitude in order to gain altitude. And the second and last thing with five minutes to go on the clock, if we're gonna gain altitude in 2024, is we all have to work on our aptitude aptitude. Everybody say aptitude. To gain altitude, we need the right attitude. To gain altitude, we need the right aptitude. Aptitude in pilot's terms is referring to the ability um, or talent of the pilot. Pilots have to take aptitude tests in order to be able to fly. This is all about competency. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 verse 6, Paul writing to Timothy says, for this reason, I remind you to what? To fan and to flame the gift of God. You've got a gift from God today. Whether you know it or not, you might be young, you might be old, you might be in between. You've each got a gift from God that we are encouraged to fan into flame. 2 Timothy 4 verse 14 says, do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. A lot of times when it comes to attitude and aptitude, it's really easy for us to lean in and say, yes, um, it's really important to be a good person, but my skills, my talent, my gifts, they don't really matter. It's almost in leadership sessions, it's like a choice between the right attitude or the right aptitude and competency. And attitude is important. God first uses us from our attitude. Attitude character is vital, it's important. But it's easy for us to neglect the aptitude and the competency that comes with being a follower of God. When it comes to pilots, can you imagine getting on a plane and the pilot comes over the speaker and he says, says, I'm your pilot today. We're flying, you know, from, let's, you know, prophesy here. We're flying from Manchester to the Bahamas, January 2024 in Jesus' name. It's a word for someone out there. And the pilot comes on, he says, you know, we're flying from Manchester to the Bahamas. And he says over the speaker, he says, look, I've failed my aptitude tests, but I'm a really nice guy. You're gonna stand up, you're gonna get your luggage, you're gonna walk off that plane and you're gonna walk to the Bahamas, aren't you? You're gonna find a way, you're gonna boat. You're not getting on that plane because the pilot has failed his aptitude test. Aptitude, competency is important for each and every one of us. As the people of God, we're not called to be average, we're called to be excellent.
can you imagine a church where the world looks on and is envious of the creativity in the house of God, is envious of what we're able to achieve in the house of God, the business acumen, the skill set, the desire, the hunger, come into the presence of God and see excellence in worship, excellence in preaching, sometimes excellence in the production team, excellence throughout the life of our church, because aptitude is important. Why? Because we're God's chief marketing strategy for a life lived in Him. And too often, the world has looked at a small church, a church that is declining by Sky News' report two weeks ago, where the buildings are shutting down. But I see a church that's growing, is expanding, is getting large, is taking ground, where people are getting saved every week, where we're setting new records of Christmas, where we're impacting the community through Big Give, where we're moving forward by faith, one step at a time. Our vision is a church that is numerically so large, we stop the traffic, but we transform society one person at a time. That looks like you being excellent in your workplace, not being that person that comes into the environment and everybody, where you suck the atmosphere out of the room, but where you enter the room and people's eyes open because they see someone who carries faith, who carries hope. And this isn't about being fake, faking it till you make it. This is about stepping into, resonating with the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you, who isn't fearful of what's happening around the world, but knows that there's a God in us, working through us, that can transform the environment, that can shift and change the atmosphere. But to do that, each one of us have got to work on our gifts. Maybe there's a gift in your life that you've relegated in 2023. Something in the last 10 years you've took your foot off the gas of, you once were believing for, working at it, studying, putting time to, but you've took the foot off the gas. I wanna encourage you 2024 to gain altitude, step back in, start sharpening the ax, and let's see what God will do. Lincoln puts it like this, I love this quote, but he robbed it from the Bible, I'll tell you that in a second. He says, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the ax, wise words. But Rob from Ecclesiastes 10 verse 10, the Bible says, if the ax is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. In your life this year, skill is gonna bring you success beyond your wildest dreams. Because my Bible says in Ephesians 3 verse 20, now to Him who is able to do more than we could think, ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. God can go beyond our expectations, but we've got to put the work in. We've got to grow in our aptitude in order to see God bring success through our skill. And then what happens when we've got attitude and aptitude? We gain altitude. Those who hope in the Lord will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Let me tell you this about eagles really quick. These large birds move through the landscape primarily by soaring. This is why this verse is apt. An eagle is soaring, a style of flying when they hold their wings outward and rarely flap saving them considerable energy. Instead of flapping, they rely on raising air currents, rising air currents to gain altitude. You'll love this. Storms provide excellent wind thermals, 
Hence an eagle will deliberately seek out a storm rather than avoid it. It knows by enduring the temporary atmospheric adversity, it will be projected to clear skies, peaceful skies above. The Holy Spirit is like the rising air current within us. And sometimes church, we just need a good old storm to soar on the heights with God. I'm not prophesying a storm, but I'm saying that when storms come, because they do, instead of shrinking back, running away, let's embrace the storm, allow God to do a work in us and through us so that like the eagle Isaiah is talking about, Isaiah didn't know the science. Can you catch that? The science caught up with the Word of God. Isaiah didn't know this. But the eagle soars above the temporary adversity. And I wanna tell you in 2024, whatever adversity's coming your way, whatever scheme the devil will devise and will create and will come up with, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, the power of the local church, you will soar above whatever storm, whatever comes your way. And together as a church, we'll move forward in all that God has for us. Not shrinking back like Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, to those who are destroyed, but by faith, we are saved. So right across this place, I wanna pray for you. I wanna pray that in 2024, that this word would catch your spirit. And 2024 would be the year for you where you gain altitude like never before. And right now, I want you bow your heads and close your eyes. I would just want you to pray. Pray and ask God, which area do I need to work on? Is it in my attitude or is it in my aptitude? The Bible says this in 2 Peter, for if you possess these qualities, this is your attitude in increasing measure, you'll go from being ineffective and unproductive to being effective and productive. It's the benefits of good attitude. Aptitude, what is your gift today that you need to fan into flame? Maybe it's a creative musical gift in your life. Maybe it's in the marketplace. It's the business that you've got an idea for or a dream for. Maybe it's your studies in school or in university that you've thought to yourself, I'm happy enough just to get by. But now it's time to apply and see what God can do in you and through you. Or maybe today this has been a year where People have spoke things over your life saying, you can't, you shouldn't, you won't. I right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I just break off those words, those things that have been said in your past or in this year by family, by parents, by school, by work, and tell you that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. So Father, right now, I just pray for the church. Thank you for the local church, that we believe the local church is the hope of the world because of the Spirit that lives in us. And today, God, I just pray for people that are growing in their attitude. And I pray, Lord, that we would draw closer to you this year than we've ever drawn before. And out of that place of spending time with Jesus, we would be more like you, just like Moses did when he came down from the mountain. His face was beaming because he had been with you. Pray, God, that our countenance would shift and would change out of time spent in the secret place and in your presence. Maybe for you this year, you've got to create more space for the secret place and in His presence. And Father, I pray right now for those who are thinking about their gift set, what you've given them, the talents you've given them. I pray, Lord, this would be a year not just of addition, but of multiplication, God, that they would go from strength to strength in their gifting 
and in their ability. God, that the Bible says the gift makes a way for us and ushers us into the presence of the great. And I pray that out of a, an excellent skill set, people would find opportunity this year like never before, promotions like never before. They'd find doors that would take them into the government places of influence and power like never before. God, that this would truly be a year where people would go from strength to strength in the things of God. So just for another moment right now, I want you to ask the Lord, what is it? What is it this year that you need to press in on and spend time with the Lord in? Just ask God, ask God and he'll speak. In Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening to this Audacious podcast. For any more information, visit us online, audaciouschurch.com. We'd love for you to join us at one of our campuses, Manchester, Chester, or online every Sunday, 10 a.m. and 12 p.m.